happy November, almost American Thanksgiving for us. Yeah. Fall is fully in force. We get fog in our area in the fall. We get chilly evenings. We obviously don't live in a super, super snowy, cold environment in this part of California. Although, obviously, California has lots of parts where it's snowy and colder. Yeah. But not as cold as some parts of the world. But we are, we are in our fall. What constitutes our fall weather? Mm-hmm. It's been chilly. We a had a chilly, chilly. And we actually had a chilly October, which is very odd for us. It's usually very hot. Yeah, it's actually... Our summer is kind of July, August, September, and part of October, usually. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. I'm liking this weather a lot. Very much, but we are definitely in the fall now. The Halloween decorations have been taken down. They have. Because it's it takes me a little while into November to yeah, want to... I mean, some things in the studio obviously stay up th- all I was the time. to say, that's why we have the studio. But I did take down some of the bigger things that you we did. had in the studio. Because I do want October or Halloween time to feel special. So I don't want it to be like always in here. But anyway... You have an article that you wanted to share with us. I do. I wanted to talk a little bit about, I know there's been a lot in the media, if, if you're following at all, the stuff that for the past year or so that's been going on with Marilyn Manson. We talk a lot about cults on the show. We talk a lot about narcissism on the show. We talk a lot about schizotypal personality disorder on the show. I just think this is a case that's relevant to a lot of the mental health slash horror topics that we talk about. And so this article is actually from the LA Times from November 7th. So it, it's, you know, a week or two old now. But if you haven't, if you, if you don't live in the LA area, you can certainly find it online. And it really talks about the buildup of his cult, in a sense, and the people professionally who worked with him, as well as all of the young women that he groomed. And working in the court system, this really hits home for me because I always find that the victims have to be the one that carry the burden of proof um, in situations like this. And I I will at least give California some credit for having what um, we call the Phoenix Act, which extends our statute of limitation with criminal and sexual criminal acts beyond the three years that it was given prior. I think it can go now to like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I, I might be misquoting that. But what we know about sexual assault is that sometimes it can take decades for trauma to come out. So to put a statute of limit limitations on that, I think is um, really negligent and also speaks to the lack of awareness around trauma and how it works. But this article is really, I think, um, has some really salient points. It, I've always looked at Marilyn Manson um, as someone who definitely was, before I even knew this for sure, bullied in school and used his celebrity as revenge. And so, you know, it talks about his childhood. It talks about how he essentially, you know, would would walk around school with um, with a, a lunchbox, uh, a Kiss Army lunchbox, swinging it at his bullies, basically saying, "No one's gonna fuck with me when I'm, you know, a big star." And one of his icons was uh, Trent Reznor, who to this day has been like, "I parted ways years ago because he fabricated things that I said in interviews." Like everyone has really separated. Mm. take away his victims let's paint this picture and look at even as professionals i i posted a quote on my actual um cb psychological my my practice site about dan cleary made a really great statement um dan cleary is his former personal assistant and he says this if you show someone a little bit of love and a lot of violence or mental anguish, a lot of people will choose to focus on that little bit of love. And uh, this article goes into the amount of women and young women who have come up talking about all the things that he did to them. So in 1990, I'm going to just read like a couple different points from this very long sure. article and then people this can is read the it the LA for Times, right? Yes. So in his 1998 memoir, The Long Hard Road Out of Hell, co-written with Neil Strauss, Manson stoked controversy when he claimed to have beaten, choked, and spit on his mother as a teen, described a plot to kill a woman named Nancy, and recalled draping a deaf fan in meat and urinating on her at a recording studio. He says it was more of a living meat sculpture. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's this, okay. okay. He started, okay, this is a, from a victim. Uh, from, this is Evan Rachel Wood, who is a, a, a movie, uh, an actor who 
she he was grooming her when she was 19 and he was in his 30, 38 years old. She says, he started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. The now 34-year-old star of HBO's Westworld wrote in an Instagram post. Another quote on here, it says about Wood. She starred in his 2007 music video for Heart Shaped Glasses, a cheeky nod to Vladimir Nabokov's Lolita and accompanied Manson on tour. I met somebody that promised freedom and expression and no judgments. Who does that sound like? <laughs> Manson. Yeah. The real Manson, right? Yep. Okay. Um, and then uh, in 2007, ex-Manson keyboardist Stephen Gregory sued Manson for allegedly misappropriately misappropriating banned funds to buy Nazi paraphernalia, human skin masks, and a child skeleton to display in his home. The suit was settled out of court. So this goes way more into depth about the making of this persona and how underneath that we have a kid who, when he was in the heightened, like when he was in his just the biggest part of his career, we had a lot of parents saying, this is this is the type of guy that is influencing school shooters. And I see him as if he would not have channeled his energy, even though he, he created a lot of victims in this, he would have been that kid that went into a school and shot it up, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I understand. Just channeled different directions yeah oh, i mean there's so much this story I, I hate to use the word fascinating because it, it i don't want to exploit the victims in this but this story really i mean it, it keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper and i think there's such an important mental health component to his story and and he's he's i mean sorry this is not clinical he's a fucked up human being sounds like it yeah i don't know that much about marilyn manson I had no idea the depth of, you know, there was one girl that talked about how he got her over from another country, paid for her visa, X, Y, and Z, and then basically, you know, locked her in a room, promised to do this music video that was never recorded so he could beat her and sodomize her and rape her for like four or five days. I mean, this is just, this is like what serial killers do. Yeah, it's very sick and, and it's been going on a long time. Long time. And it's those things where, where do we just see these things unfold in front of our eyes yeah. of people that we've been watching in the media our whole lives. Yep. And I used to really like Marilyn Manson's music. So, yeah. I, I mean, mean, so you get, you know, yeah, you start to think, Oh, it's, you just get that gross feeling all over <laughs> when it, absolutely. When it's someone that you dug. Yeah. Like not him as a person. I don't know him as a person, but I liked this music back it, in the day. And it was well, like, that's how I felt about Michael Jackson. Yeah. There you go. Uh, me too. Well, right. Me too. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, so it's hard to look it's at somebody hard. that you saw as the celebrity and then really understand that everything that he said he wasn't, it's even worse than people thought. It's so much worse. It's so much worse than I could have ever imagined. There's a quote here that says, people pass it off as, oh, he's eccentric or what the hell was she expecting? If only it was a stage persona, he's so much worse than his persona. And this is from... Um, Esme, I think, as you say, Bianco, that was the one who came over that he oh, kept okay. in room for. Yeah. Awful. So, whew, man. Thank you for sharing that just to keep us all aware. I have some horror news. Media horror news. Yeah. Some, that was horrific news. That was horrific nonfiction. This is horror fictional news, <laughs> which is usually what I move into after Kathy brings us something disturbing. You're welcome. <laughs> it's all good fun from here on in today on the show we're going to be talking about freddy versus jason and the friday the 13th uh reboot from 2009 our last two items in our list for the f13 franchise as it exists right now i have played the game we could talk about that but kathy probably hasn't and i have also watched part of the friday the 13th tv series which was very different than the movies and i'm guessing kathy hasn't watched those either because no one really needs to and so we won't be talking about those but the rest of the franchise you can go back episode over the last couple of months we've done all the movies so today will be the last one of those but first Stranger Things season four ah! will premiere summer, summer Ah! 2022. (sighs) The trailer is out. Are they all like 40? And the, I haven't watched it. I don't watch trailers usually, but it's out. The episode titles are listed here. Should you want me to peruse those? Yeah. 
The Hellfire Club, Vecna's Curse, The Monster and the Superhero, Dear Billy, mm. which is interesting. Yeah. Does I knew she back? would do that. <laughs> I don't know. Is it just a letter? Is it a, yeah. <laughs> or, or are they flashbacks. looking at flashbacks? Yeah, yeah, is that the flashback episode? The Nina Project, The Dive, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab, Papa, and The Piggyback. You know, biggest and most frightening season so far, blah, blah, blah. How they always say. Yeah. <laughs> Robert England. I mean, that's the best nice. thing about the whole situation is that he plays Victor Krell, a disturbed man who is imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital for a gruesome murder in the 1950s. And there's a trailer out, so you can go catch that. It said something, the, the title I saw, I think it was on Bloody Disgusting, said something about... Season four teaser turns California upside down with new footage from the new season. I'm like, Cal- just California? Just was- California. What I'm thinking is they literally turn us upside down probably in the footage. Like there's some kind of effect oh, that happens yeah. maybe, something like that. I don't know. That's all I could think of. <laughs> okay. One of the other things I wanted to tell you, I tried to pick news that Kathy would be interested in. This it's is what- all about me. It's all about Miss Barrett. Ghostbusters Afterlife was coming out this month. You know, the new Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. deal might already be out by now. I don't know. But the terror dog attacks Paul Rudd and demolishes a Walmart. Oh, my God. In the new clip. And then there's like pictures of him, of course. And the CGI is good now. Yeah. (laughs) We just rewatched Ghostbusters with friends uh, last month in October. And, you know... The effects don't hold up, obviously, and they did that. They did that movie on a budget. And if you guys have watched the the movies that made us series, oh, it's so good. There's a Ghostbusters episode, so I recommend what if you've already seen Ghostbusters from back in the day, which most of us have. Ghostbusters, what wa- do you want? Hello, <laughs> uh, watch the movies that made us episode on the Ghostbusters because it's actually. That show's great because each episode I've watched so far has actually taught me something, like stuff I didn't know. It's a great series. I've been watching it. I was expecting to sort of sit down and be like, okay, well, I know all about this movie. There, so. there are, I think it's more just the nostalgia for me. Yeah, it's that too, but I actually learned stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, Just like, like uh, Cursed Films, that's a good one too. Cool. Yeah. So it actually hasn't come out. I just looked it up. It's coming out in theaters in two days. This episode is is dropping on November 17th, and that movie uh, haunts theaters on November 19th. Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. I do want to see it. I'm sure it will be cheesy goodness, but the CGI will be better, so that'll be nice. That's Maybe true. there will be scary parts. I don't know. Also... Randy's Legacy Lives On, the new Scream movie, features two members of the Meeks family. What does that mean something to you, (laughs) Kathy? (laughs) means nothing to me. Uh, Unless it's a continuation of three. Yeah. Because that one... um, Must be. Yeah, because Emma... Sorry, Pepper. Emma Roberts is in this one, too. Yeah. And Hayden (laughs) Panettiere. Yeah, the... uh, so the Scream franchise returns to theaters on January 14th, 2022. This time it includes... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking at Scream 4, not Scream 5. My bad. Let's oh, see. Oh, damn you. I was going to like, wow, that's yeah, the same exact Yeah, you're Scream, move, Scream movies right, man. Yeah. It's going to include Dylan Minnette, Ugh. Mason Gooding, Kyle Gallner, Jasmine Savoy <sighs> Brown, Mickey Madsen, Include and it includes Nev Campbell reprising her role, David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Yeah, New. I'm ex- I'm excited about all the the three. Dylan Minnette, it's he's hard for me to watch because I just hated Thirteen Reasons Why, and he was such a wet blanket on mm. that series. That's all I, I nothing personal, Dylan. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Mm-hmm. That's all I see when I watch him. Okay, so you're you're scared about that. But Jack Quaid, he's a cutie. Yeah, so new cast members, as I was, there's a huge list. So <laughs> new cast members, I hadn't even got to that yet. Jack Quaid from The Boys, Melissa Barrera from In the Heights, Jenna Ortega from You, great series. And Marley Shelton is also returning as Scream 4 character Deputy Judy Hicks. 
Good stuff. I know. Jack looks just like his dad. And Kevin Williamson is back as the executive producer. I love so that. teen good stuff. Expert for your screamness. I also think that I don't know. I am I going to rewatch the Scream movies before this happens? Oh, come on, you have to. And I'm not I mean, here's the real world confession. To be honest, I don't think I've seen them all. <gasps> I know. Oh my God. I just almost like literally almost passed out. I know. I'm, you're welcome. I even liked four. <laughs> well, you, four you might fun. be a zealot. Three is, <laughs> I don't even know. I haven't seen four. I think three so. is my, is three my least favorite? I don't, I think three is my least well, favorite. Well, I say we watch them and I would like your ranking because in Gladly. January, because <laughs> in January, what I think we should do is a scream episode. So we'll go see the movie and then we'll do a Scream episode where you tell us your ranking and I will share my ranking and we'll have a Scream, screaming good time, kids. I can, uh, I can get, I can get behind that. All right. So now we are going to do a little segment we like to call. <laughs> she needs tea. Her voice was cutting out. How are you? <laughs> good to see you. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to go opera and i think you like overshot it or something i don't know <laughs> thank you very much for that when i was a kid i used to walk around the house singing an opera just to <laughs> yeah i mean that's a standard kid annoyance my, my dad thought it was hilarious everybody else wanted me to he would say you have such a lovely voice and then he would laugh <laughs> okay you ready yes number one yes this classic horror film was originally slammed with an X rating. And when the Motion Picture Association of America gave it an R rating, parents believed that they were saying it was suitable for children. Oh. So we have to remember that R ratings in the 70s and 80s were actually considered suitable for most kids. There wasn't mm. as much, right? So. Mm -hmm. You move a movie to an R now. I mean, kids are barely allowed to watch Scooby-Doo anymore without like edits. Right? Well, we've added PG-13, so. But at that time, you could go see an R. You yep. just couldn't see an X. Yep. There you go. As we both did, probably. <laughs> uh, the X or the R? <laughs> R. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two. Kathy saw the X movie. I did not. I didn't. It was Kathy. Go ahead. Oren... Pelly, I think that's how you say his last name, changed the ending of Paranormal Activity because which film director told him to? <laughs> okay, go I, ahead. I think he's someone who has a lot of influence. Yeah, right? okay. Number three, and not necessarily horror. Number three. Yeah, I gotcha. Since 1958, the state of Illinois honors this food by having an annual blank day to celebrate it. What's, what state did you say? Illinois. Oh. Since 1958. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Number four. The doll Annabelle mm -hmm. from The Conjuring mm -hmm. is based on a real life doll that looks very different. Mm -hmm. What's the name of this doll? Mm -hmm. This doll also terrifies the shit out of me. <laughs> well, most dolls are pretty. I don't know. But this one, Especially old dolls. I remember, though, the, the answer to this. I remember as a kid knowing this real story. Uh, number five, true or false? Pennywise's hair in the original It was Tim Curry's real hair. <laughs> true or false? Okay. True or false. Got it. All right, kids. Sounds good. We're going to take a wee break. <laughs> meaning small. We're not weeing on things. We're going to take a small break. We might. I mean, Kathy looked at me like, well, I might. We're going to take a small break and come back and talk about Freddy versus Jason and the Friday 13th reboot from 2009. We will see you in one moment.
makes no sense. I'm, hey. Do you want do you, have you your make phone? No do you sense. have your phone with you? Yeah. Can you do me a favor and text me right now? <laughs> are we doing are we playing tricks? Are we This doing? is my new text. Okay. Thing. Here we go. There it goes. Come on. Oh no. I can't hear it. What okay. is it? It, I can't believe you can't hear that. Barely. Uh, it, it's ET phone home. That's oh, hilarious. Okay. And it's his little cute little Well, voice. I also have headphones on, but I could see the little monitors weren't going up very far. So <laughs> that's okay. I'll boost it when we. It's, it, it's so cute. But it caught me off guard. I was driving here and it was like, I'm in the car and I forgot I had it on. I just switched it. And all of a sudden, ET through my, my radio speakers. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so fun. So Love that we are guy. here to put the cherry on the pie. <sighs> cherry on the cupcake. Is this cherry, the cherry? on the? Well, I'm just saying it's the end. The lasting last touches to the franchise as we know it for now. So we're here to put to bed. <laughs> this franchise for the time being okay because we're gonna move on to nightmare on elm street and we're gonna do uh she's that franchise huh you're getting crazy yeah you are too like we're going straight into that next series (laughs) i mean why not let's do it man i'm enjoying going through the franchises you want me to sing to you right now i feel what do you want me to sing to you right now okay no let's move on oh such a tease i know see i just wanted to see if you really wanted me to so crazy and when I said, right there when i said no and then you got upset now i know you do really like not, when i sing to you but you're not even teasing just me this isn't just you and me right here they get a lot of my the singing listeners on show. are so sad <laughs> You see how I did that? Okay. Freddy versus Jason is a 2003 American slasher directed by Ronnie Yu and written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. It's a crossover between the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday the 13th series, being the eighth installment in the former and the 11th in the latter. <sighs> yeah. Mm. What's your overall um, feeling about Freddy versus Jason? It should be in the comedy section. Oh, for sure. Um, so there's that. I think this is where we get Jason's back again to his relentless sort of no humanity version. Yes. Well, and Kane's gone. That's I'm yeah, just like it's it's like post. Wah, wah, wah. It's like post and pre Kane Hotter, right? So we're like back to that. Freddie, I think, is my favorite out of the two in this because he's such an asshole. I think he really makes this movie right. I mean, one of the things they did right about this movie is Robert England. Like Robert England was great. Win number one, Robert England. <laughs> See, that's the thing is with Freddie, they never changed him. It was always right. Robert England, right. right? So with Jason, it's like it depends on what actors playing Jason. This was certainly not. I wish they would. If Kane Hodder would have played Jason in this, it would have been a different movie. Yep. My favorite scene, though, is when Freddie beats the shit out of him with with his own machete. At the, I was laughing so hard at that. Yes, and the bed kill when it snapped. <laughs> no, I love snaps. some of the kills. Yeah. I mean, it won't surprise Kathy to know that several of our uh, horror watching friends that we hang out with in the Discord to watch movies with, this is their favorite. Like it's their favorite of the whole it's, damn franchise. It's, it's hilarious because when it's he hilarious. drags them through the glass when the right. house is on fire. I know it's hysterical. It's like watching a WWF episode. I mean, a uh, match. <laughs> Some of it's actually quite beautiful too. Like when Jason's fire walking through the corn. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a fire corn movie. That's amazing. And yeah. he's just he just like he fire walks through the corn and then the whole field is going up in flames and it's quite cinematic. Yeah, it is. I really like that part. And the giant bug going down the throat of that one victim oh, is yeah. so delightful. Yeah, there's I mean, it just their fight scenes though, like again when he just like launches himself at Jason. I mean, there's yeah. just some really that I, I think that the banter mm-hmm. and the competition between the two of them is really hysterical yeah um, that's why that that scene where jason drags freddie through the the, yeah. the window glass and the mm-hmm. house is on fire i just laughed no no i know well i mean the best thing about this movie is the three big fight scenes there's yeah. three big epic fight scenes and that's what you like this movie delivers because of that in other words what did you want when you thought about this movie i personally didn't think about this movie but it was the to early 2000s which was a certain 
vibe mm-hmm. in horror movies. And so you weren't going to get, you know, anything other than this, really. That was the time period. What you? What did you want? Oh, I want epic battles. It's Godzilla, right? Well, it's I want epic battles, and yeah. they give them. They definitely deliver they them to you. Those three big battles are the best part. Like I would sit and watch those battles oh, without yeah. the rest of the movie for sure. And and what I think is great too is there's real motivation behind them because Freddy's like, stop stealing my victims, <laughs> yeah, bastard. Like you've overstepped. You're not helping me anymore. You're taking the ones I'm supposed to kill, and that's the funniest part of the whole competition. It's like this is my whole life, man. Yeah. Like I was okay you coming around at the beginning, but now you're you're taking my people, right? Yeah. So one thing they did really well, I thought, was of course Robert England. The other thing is to cast the Ginger Snaps girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing, love her. And then uh, when I was watching this, I was struck by the fact that it was it's shot like a comic book. There's lots and lots of scenes in it that are very comic book driven. And I haven't done any kind of research into the writers or any of that because Mm -hmm. sadly I just, I, my apologies, I wasn't interested, but Mm -hmm. I did see, I did sort of see like, Oh, several of these shots are comic book shots, the square, you know, the, their frames are comic book frames. There were several that were, and there were several sections that were, and I I wasn't the only one that noticed. So it it seems like it's a thing. What did you think of Jason as a boy laying in the water call back to Jason takes Manhattan and also Jason as a boy and like them going in the middle of a battle going into trauma moment for Jason? I mean, and then there's also <laughs> all of a sudden we're stopping down for the trauma moment with Jason, which again is a callback to Jason takes Manhattan, which is not one of the best movies, but it's good that there was a callback, but, and then the, the, the nice cameo by Pamela Voorhees yes. looking much older. Yes. Yeah, they did. You know, but I think they, that they tried to weave in a little bit of that, they but, did. It, uh... but I also think that part of the humor is, in some ways I don't, I could be wrong and maybe I'm projecting this, that they're almost making fun of the amount of trauma. Like Jason's always about his trauma. I know. And so like in the midst of all this, Freddie's like, I don't give a shit about your trauma. I'm going to keep killing you. And Jason's like, hold on flashback. Well, Freddie's just a straight child rapist and right. murderer. So he's like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Right. So <laughs> I, I don't know if part of that was supposed to be to like disarm him yeah, I but I thought it was in a, in a way like, oh, here we go again. It, it made me laugh. Not that trauma's funny, but because Jason's whole villainous character yeah. is based on this supposed trauma. You well, know? and it's that whole thing in Jason Takes Manhattan on the boat and the boy yeah. and all of that. Oh, yeah. So they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to bring some of that back. It really strikes me how some of these directors really, really try to incorporate some of the stuff. And Friday the 13th has never been a franchise that makes any like coherent sense over the course. No. It. it's not it's just not one of those right franchises that's right uh <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the friends i was watching this with was like does freddie even actually kickbox because there's there's a like no i mean he's all of a sudden he's the king of the kickbox fighters that's what made me laugh and i shared that with <laughs> you is he does these leaps and these kicks yes. and these and it to me that's hysterical it's almost it's the same as where did michael myers learn to drive exactly like, where did this every come now from? and then there's a moment where you're like okay so there needs to be somebody on the set of every single movie a consultant that's like a franchise lore person that sort yes. of says at least says to them hey michael myers <laughs> hey. michael My- hey guys um enjoying your craft service um maybe could i ask you uh hi michael myers never really learned to drive maybe don't have him driving the station wagon i think down they the just road. think that's gonna go and over so- most people they should have had him on a tractor um can you imagine him on a john deere i mean it was the midwest <laughs> yeah hey guys robert england doesn't didn't take any kickboxing classes so yeah someone at the craft services he just want to shut up and wait your turn yeah for sure hey did you do you think freddie actually knows how to kick box no she's getting her voice is going to kick box she's getting up she's this is really you upset about it (laughs) i hope so yeah i I hope so gotta get some passion in this yeah i mean that i again this is where i think it was pretty funny again again you know it's so here's my question really though my button for this particular movie is 
how will my opinion of this movie change when I watch it again as part of the Nightmare, Nightmare. on Elm Street? Because mm. what's going to happen is we're going to watch to watch this piece of shit again. We're going <laughs> to. Well, it's true. <laughs> There's nine movies in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise at this moment, and it's the eighth one because it's in both, right? And so we will have watched seven movies to kind of look at that trajectory and have these conversations. Then I'm going to watch it again, right? And I think it might might shift i might even be madder about how they can i tell you my favorite nightmare on elm street i was gonna say before christmas i'm gonna i'm gonna see what if that changes as we (laughs) watch them all again i don't know if it's possible because i think it's number three is it dream master i have no idea (sighs) when they're in the when they're in the hospital most people's favorite i hear that a lot the the marionette scene Okay, well, we will talk about that when we get to uh, the third yeah, movie the, in that franchise. It's number four, The Dream Master. Okay, the fourth. We will do it. I look forward to hearing all the things that you love about that movie. And, and New Nightmare, I like too. Okay. But we'll get to that. Yeah, anyway. I haven't seen all of those probably. There's probably a couple I haven't even ever seen, so I'm looking forward to that. That's next, though. So first, before we do that, we we would be remiss if we didn't have a short conversation about Friday the 13th from 2009, which is a reboot. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I could tell she's already excited. I saw, I saw this in the theater. Did you? Oh, yeah, because it would have been an exciting thing to go. I and... saw in the theater, and I don't remember having this feeling. Okay, see, things change. Mm-hmm. But the whole side story with Jared Padalecki's character, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, it didn't work for me. It's like, just <laughs> stay slasher. It's like over here, they want to create this half-assed, serious, somewhat, connected side story with like the the tall handsome guy and the girl while everybody over here is getting completely slashed and sliced and diced and it that part i don't know it i it's like tried to be a comedy and take itself too seriously all at once and i just Mm. it didn't feel there's like a whole other movie going on sure I mean, it has the very standard premise, right? Like, against advice of local police, Clay scours the eerie woods surrounded, surrounding Crystal Lake for his missing sister. So it's like this group of teenagers, they go into the woods to look for his missing sister. But the rotting cabins of an abandoned summer camp are not the only things he finds. Hockey mask killer Jason Voorhees lies in wait for a chance to use his razor-sharp machete on Clay and a group of college students who have come to the forest to party. What I like about this movie is that for basically the first half of it or whatever, I don't, I didn't time it. Yeah. It's legitimately kids go into the woods and yeah. all get killed in very interesting ways. They hit every slasher trope in the first 15 minutes brilliantly. Brilliantly. They're intense. They get sliced into the tents. They're burned there she's having an orgasm and gets sliced up the middle you know the dude goes off in the and starts to what whack off in the woods or something yeah. and gets killed and yeah. this one gets you know pummeled and staked on a tree and this one gets dragged through a fire and burned and they have a sleeping bag callback yeah which i love yeah he puts her in a sleeping bag and then hangs her over the fire and the whole sleeping bag goes up in flames and the boyfriend witnesses, blah, blah, blah. Like all of it was awesome. Yeah. That whole Agreed. first chunk is awesome. I don't know. Probably lasts like the first half hour or something. I will say that there's a kill later that I loved. It's the trailer hitch kill where the mm-hmm. guy's like almost crucified yes. or impaled through the chest. Yeah, that was a good one. There's some great kills in this movie. But the movie itself, the story, once it got past that first 25 minutes, yeah, I'm like, bye, you lost me. For the first 40 minutes of the movie, Jason doesn't have his mask. So that's kind of an interesting thing. He's got, he's like wrapped up in a towel or something, wrapped up in a sack head or whatever. His original mask. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they do that callback, which is interesting. And then 40 minutes in, there's this nice little scene. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's a little delightful little scene where Jason, the serial killer and psychopath, puts his mask on puts the mask on and so yeah because it's like, a new group of kids yeah. right it's like 20 yeah. years later or whatever yeah yeah so that was i thought a nice piece of it and then i i got stuck with like jason's keeping girls now you know the whole idea of him kidnapping the sister and keeping her yeah 
Yeah, that where was, where is that fund that, of that's knowledge? That's what I'm saying. It it all of a sudden turned into a different movie, and then the weirdo that well, was a like different killer because a different kid, killer, a kidnapper yeah. and holder of women is very is different. very different than the Jason we know that just kills whoever because he doesn't really connect with humanity, right? <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't a, a in fact he was turned off by sex because kids were off having sex when he drowned. Yes. So if you're keeping her as a sex slave or something hypersexualized, but that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't invested enough to hoard a person mm-hmm. and keep them as a trophy. He wasn't that killer. He was mindless and disorganized. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just didn't, you know, they, they veered off the wrong <laughs> path. They just went the wrong direction. They tried to update it, you know, like every, Every character was a fuckboy at the beginning. And not all the guys in Friday the 13th were that misogynistic and a-hole-ish. No, they really, they really were going after us wanting them to die. Well, you know it worked. How, you know how those the horror movies will make these really unlikable characters so they can kill them off? Yeah. So, okay, we understand that that's what we do in horror movies is we make these guys, like usually guys, like really unlikable, and then the girls are really stupid, and so we want them to die, and that's exactly what they did. So it's tropey and derivative, and it's the same thing you've seen, but it's a great 20 minutes because it's exactly what you want and expect and what you come to these kinds of slasher horror movies to see, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get into a story. It's just like what Kathy's saying is that the story didn't quite jive. I mean, it's just mediocre is my thought process. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's mediocre. Like no, you, could a- make, you could make popcorn and hang out with your friends and like see this and it would be kind of fun. As a film, it's pretty mediocre and derivative. That's yeah. my thought process. And that's the end of our discussions on this. I'm franchise. ready for Freddy. All right. I'm ready for Freddy too. So in a couple of weeks, we will dive into the first couple of films in that franchise. So look forward to that. But for now, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and talk about our horror watches. So we, we shall be right back. That's a callback from our October episodes. I use the theremin a lot at that point. I like that one. I do too. I like all of our sound effects and all of our music made just for us by Mannequin Uprising. So, you know, house band and all that. (laughs) (laughs) They are not here in the studio with us because we are not that fancy. Yet. Yeah, yet. (laughs) That's right. So we're going to talk... How about our horror watches? Do you want to first up? What's you, what you got? I really have been excited to talk about this. Okay, good. Because I have a new me movie. <laughs> oh, yay. Love my new me repast. I know you do. Um, this movie was so much fun. So this movie is a 2021 Norwegian film you can find on Netflix. It's called The Trip. The Trip is a Norwegian dark comedy thriller that tells the story of a married couple, Lisa, played by Numi Rapace, and Lars, plays by, played by, I think it's Axel Henny, who was okay. fantastic in this, they both were, who seem hell-bent on killing each other. Due to financial hardship, both parties plan on killing the other for life insurance during a trip to a cabin. But when it appears as though they may uh, both kill each other, they learn that three escaped inmates have taken shelter in the cabin. As a result, the three prisoners, there's like, I think it's Petter, Dave, and Roy, take Lisa and Lars hostage in a scene that possibly goes too far for a comedy. Dave threatens to rape Lars until Lisa states that she will provide the prisoners with money for their release. And after they accept, the three guys enjoy the luxury of the cabin whilst Lisa Lisa and Lars are left to reflect on their marriage. Okay. Not only is every performance in this film fantastic, Mm -hmm. it's horror, slasher, action, comedy, dark comedy. It's bloody as hell. Mm -hmm. 
the fight scenes are so much fun and I get to see a little bit of Lizbeth Salander come back in a comedy form. Nice. Um, and the characters are so well developed. Okay. Uh, I just had so much fun with this movie. It's on my list because I, it's been getting good reviews and stuff and I, and you know, I like the Norwegians, so I have it on my list. Just haven't made it. So I'm even more excited now to see it. Yeah. It's really good. Amazing. I, watched midnight mass oh i finished it what'd okay. you think okay so let's talk about it because okay. i know you had watched it already and so i i really did want to finish it so we could good so we could chat about it i also as it's new a new series new ish right new enough it's 2021 i don't want to ruin it for anyone yeah. but i will say that i very much enjoyed it mm-hmm. i feel as if I mean, I love Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. but I loved it more than Haunting of Hill House. I oh, loved, interesting. I loved it more than Bly Manor. Yeah. I loved it more than Hush. I loved it more than his movies, Ouija mm-hmm. and all of the different mm-hmm. like little, you know, I like Gerald's game a lot. So I like, but I still liked it better yeah. than that. <laughs> this is my favorite. I would say it's um, after Haunting of Hill House. It's my second. So there I would agree go. with you, you uh, as far as Up being there. better than the rest of the other ones, mm-hmm. um, which are all still really great as well. Oh my God. It's hard to rate I found because it, they're good. I found it starting off really strong. There was like one and a half episodes where I'm like, man, I really, I really need you guys to revive. And, and Pepper said, just, I promise you just stick with it. And I think about 10 minutes after that, I was like, boom and there we are and it really delivers the ending is fantastic it's a terrifying series it's done so well i liked it a lot i did too it's uh i i struggle to find anything wrong with it personally mm-hmm. you know whether you're on the 80 90 or 100 percent with this it's in the top right like so whether or not you think it's pretty perfect like i do or you're maybe in the 90 percent like kathy where there was a part where it was kind of starting to not thrill her it or was, whatever it was like a glimmer i but mean that's it what was, i'm saying yeah. 90 to 100 percent mm-hmm. is pretty good for a series it's seven episodes yeah it's a limited series so seven episodes which i thought it did not need an edit personally it did i not. thought i thought said that it was perfect well and even the little spots that just dipped for me i wouldn't even say dropped it dipped is there was an intention it just you know it was not the most exciting part for me but there was an intention how wonderful was the performance of the priest yeah he was hamish link ladder link later probably he was my Father favorite Paul, performance he was fan fucking tastic yeah and kate siegel was always good mm-hmm. she's always good she's uh, always wife good. of mike flanagan he yeah. cast her and everything she was amazing yeah. she's always really good zach guilford was he was great, great. annabeth gish michael mm-hmm. trucco i mean like Oh, and Samantha Sloyan, who I know. played the, oh. That, uh, Beth, was that? Yeah, she, well, she was the, um, I don't know, Mother Mary there. Good <laughs> Lord. She was awful. She was amazing. I like, couldn't believe when we watched Hush that that was the same actor because there's such a transformation into that character, oh. not just physically, but it, I mean, yeah. energetic. I mean, she really became this this her performance in midnight mass was outstanding yeah samantha was great she plays beverly keen beverly, in this yeah. yeah and there's one speech that she makes that i i can't really go into why and all of that but there is one speech she makes and it's probably episode six or so you know near nearing the end where i she has every emotion, every layered emotion. I was just fascinated with. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch, rewatch this series next year because I'm already looking forward to my rewatch, yeah. but I don't want to rewatch it too soon because I just kind of want to revel in it for a little bit. It's like you loved to hate her. She was that good. She was so good, and yeah. and that those couple of speeches that she where she really gets her traction there um, in the last few episodes are so nuanced, and you really see layers not just that she's a horrible person but these layers of why and mm-hmm. her motivations and how she's feeling about it and what has been driving her and she's not even the biggest thing about this series right like that's just one character there's these Mm-mm. long there's these long scenes of discussion and that sounds not great but there's also but but they are they pull you in though they they make it in such a ways that, that you feel like you're there and none of these monologues are are like shakespearean where you're like oh god okay move on no like, no, no, no there's you're, discussions they're really amazing like the the scenes where he's having the aa meetings 
all of those scenes were just like they're great and then later there are discussions on grief and faith Mm -hmm. and so here's one of the reasons why it's it's perfect to me and so my bias in this is that the subgenres of cults religion and vampires are three of my favorite subgenres in in horror and there is all three in this yep so I just want to expose my bias. So if those are three of your favorite things and you also like a slow burn because the first few episodes, it's not so slow that they lose you because Mm -hmm. then like if the first three episodes are setting everything up and the last four, uh, shit's going down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's some really cool stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. There's cool effects. There's cool um, ideas. There's cool, you know, relationships, et cetera. So. I wanted to. I'm glad you watched it. I yeah, uh, it was. uh, It's fantastic. Yep, I highly recommend. Never ceases to amaze. I know he's fantastic. All right. Uh, I'm gonna spin this on its head a little bit. So I something you said sucked. (laughs) uh, No, I mean it was just more. It was more you know campy. I watched a movie called The Night Before Halloween. It came out in 2016. It's a fun slasher. On the night before Halloween, 17-year-old Megan and her group of friends are conned into taking part in a prank that accidentally uh, lands their friend Beth in a coma. What Megan and the others don't realize is that their new friend Kyle was intentionally trying to rid himself of the curse of the carver. (laughs) A curse that kills you on the night before Halloween unless you can trick someone into killing another person. One year later, Megan and her friends are brought back together and must fight for their lives against the curse of the carver. There's a lot of fun, uh, you know, clear slasher tropes in this it, it, it it's sort of in line with the movie truth or dare where they have to, uh, one of the kills they have to work together to rid the, both of them of the creature but i'm going to go through there's one two three five deaths <laughs> one is one is just a regular kill one's a brain death mm. one is someone is pushed from the hospital window and dies with the fall another is thrown against a glass window and the last one is beheaded with a glass shard okay. so if you like this kind of fun sort of you know it has the the teen horror slasher stuff which i still enjoy if i just want to watch something mindless of course um it, it was fun that I liked sounds it. really I fun it. actually yeah I'm going to go with another series real quick. I watched the first season of a series called The Chestnut Man. Okay. Which is also on Netflix. It's from 2021. There are six episodes of it. So a young woman is found brutally murdered in a playground and one of her hands is missing. Above her hangs a small man made of chestnuts. So this is one of those... Uh, series that is I I believe it's Danish so it's Scandinavian and it's the dark serial killer with the cops and stuff okay right Mm -hmm. so it's that that vibe I will say that it is very good it's a much slower burn than Midnight Mass in the sense that it's not you know supernatural it doesn't have any of that kind of horror elements but it's you're trying to figure out who the chestnut man is and the chestnut man is a guy who it it makes these little and if you look at the poster for the chestnut man it's these little chestnut dolls that i guess danish children are known to like sell on the side of the roads in chestnut season Mm -hmm. because they'll take the chestnuts off the ground and make them into little stick figures Mm -hmm. so you've got like the little little body is one and the little head is a smaller one and then you got little sticks sticking out of the legs and hands. And so what this guy does is he leaves these little chestnut men at the sites of his kills and the kills are pretty gruesome and, um, not great. And then the story ensues. So I would say, you know, it's six episodes. If you like that vibe of the Northern, everything's dark. I don't think there's a sunny Is shot. Is this based the whole on thing. a real killer or no, it's fabricated. Okay. Not that I know of. Okay. No, it, it's really good. It looks, it's looks like, good. you know, like if you watch the killing yeah, stuff like that, yeah. it's like that. Okay. And there's a, a female cop there. There's yeah, a male cop there. And then there's all sorts of family dynamics going on. Okay. It's pretty solid. It's a pretty solid. Cool. And because, and I can say because it's only six episodes, I really like the way tele- television is going these days with like limited series type of thing, like six, seven, eight. Doll. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm enjoying it. Cool. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Something to throw on. Like I said, it's a real slow burn and it's got that dark sort of thoughtful vibe to it. And don't expect, you know, don't expect Midnight Mass where, you know, shit goes down and everything yeah. goes crazy like a horror movie. This is more like, okay, we're hunting a serial killer. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to mention this briefly because, you know, celebrity scandal stuff is not everybody's thing. But I did start to watch what happened to Brittany Murphy. Okay. Um, I was really, Please. I was really fascinated. I mean, I really loved her. Um, I did and too. I was really devastated. I think that was a big loss. I think she was super talented and I'm always really interested. Obviously a lot of the work I do is in narcissistic abuse and the family court system and, and trauma bonding and all this stuff. And so I was really f- interested in following her story. And there's another one out right now that's getting a lot of attention, which is uh, Alan V. Farrow. So these are really interesting to me. I think it's important that we're starting to look at the formation of, of older men who are, you know, I understand with Woody Allen, it was his, his daughter, which is awful. Um, but there's this trend that we're also seeing of cases that are coming up. We talked about Marilyn Manson of these older men in power uh, who groomed young starlets and uh, that's very much what happened with Brittany Murphy it's a really sad story her mother you could tell also was so either drugged or off or in her relationship with with um, Simon who also passed Brittany's husband who passed shortly after that the story is incredibly bizarre, but as the series continues, and I've only watched the first couple episodes, you find out that this guy was living multiple lives and um, the way that he had manipulated his way into these, you know, a very vulnerable home. She raised Brittany on her own. Uh, Brittany's father was never around. They moved to LA after mom knew that Brittany really, really wanted to pursue acting. And they were, they had a very, I don't know what their relationship was like before Simon came into the picture, but uh, he very much triangulated the relationship and a lot of weird shit after Brittany passed, like mom and Simon were sleeping in the same bed. And there was just like a really weird kind of dynamic between the two of them. But it also speaks to how, when you are with someone who's incredibly emotionally or narcissistically abusive, the way that uh, it's very pernicious in the sense that someone really starts to just disintegrate. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that with her body. We saw that with the drugs. We saw that with her mind. Kathy and Jimmy was almost like a mother figure to Brittany Murphy. And Mm -hmm. really it does a lot of the interviews in this series and the emotion that pours out of Kathy Najimy as she's like basically talking about how she watched this young woman just completely disintegrate and deteriorate. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm two episodes in, they also interview Simon's first wife um, and how much she was lied to. And Brittany didn't even know he had a son with this woman. I mean, it was just so, but it is, um, it's, I think it's good. Again, What's the name of it again? It's it's on everyone. HBO Max and it's called What Happened to Brittany Murphy. I got, I received an email of like a screener for that. I just yeah. haven't had time. It's hard, you know, I, and again, you know, with a lot of these documentaries, you, you, you understand a lot of it is for publicity and people like to like peek into someone's life and it can be very exploitive. But I was just really, I, I, I thought she was, I don't know. There was something very unique and special about her. And I was really devastated when I found out that she had died. And Kathy and Jimmy is a big part of the reason I've watched it because her interviews are just like, yeah, she really tells the true story. That's awesome. I I was very much in love with Brittany Murphy too. And was very sad uh, when she was. So it's good if you like this kind of stuff or you're interested in these, you know, these dynamics, um, the psychology of it and all of that and how people end up with these abusers. This is a really good, and Alan Vivero too, but this is a really good uh, documentary so far. Cool. I want to mention that I am very grateful to a couple of our listeners who are also patrons who are in our Discord and are fantastic people, and they host nights in our Discord. Oh, yes. And one of them is, um, his nickname is Snake, but he actually goes by the Crypt Keeper, and he does a monthly night of uh, a mystery theater. And what he does is he 
picks a couple of movies and you don't get to know until until the night but we all know uh his taste so you can you can count on that it's going to be goofy or funny and you can kind of count on the fact that it's going to be maybe 70s 80s 90s because that's his zone he picks some good ones for sure and, and he we have a lot of fun with that and for Halloween uh, last month, we had a two-night smackdown, is what he called it. And what he does is he he comes up with recipes for us. And so some of us engage in making the recipes, and then we show our pictures, and we watch the movies, and we eat the food that he has, you know, created for us uh, virtually, meaning given us the recipe, and we go and sh- It's kind of fun. Like, some of us, like, we'll go and shop that day. Like the mummy pizzas. Yeah, the mummy pizzas. And uh, I had the dessert nachos that we had. That- I missed that night, which oh. bummed me out, because the recipe on that night was, uh, I was, was at an event or something. I may have been at Raina Terra that I mean, night. I adapted it but yeah. it was crazy <laughs> it was so good mm-hmm. and now we have added and so snake continues to do those nights in fact he's he's doing it every month he'll do he does a, a saturday night where he he shows his stuff and does his thing and it's always a lot of fun and now we have added to that that one of our other patrons friends and discord members pepper is now doing a monthly found footage night and so we mm-hmm. just had our we had our first one of those near, oh we didn't even talk about the sacrament i know so i was thinking that maybe we need to give homage to that so but i wanted to give that opening in that she loves found footage and she realizes most of it's slop but we she's finding some good stuff but she finds she's starting out with some good stuff but she has promised me that she will then ruin us to the worst found footage you've ever seen at some point mm-hmm. so because there's a lot of it so she's doing that once a month and and then i think in february we're going to do sort of found footage february as well and cool. have a little bit more so that's cool so on her inaugural well her monthly her first one we watched the sacrament and we also watched grave encounters which is a you know a standard most of you have seen grave encounters and probably even managed to watch the second and third one or what have you but we watched the sacrament kathy had you ever seen the sacrament i had not what was your general impression it's a tough one it's a tough one to get through you know it it is basically a a modern day retelling of you know jonestown massacre Mm -hmm. you know done incredibly well with a lot of uh, I, i think the fact that they used a lot of no-name actors. It's its a... Lent reality it's to a it. It's f- found footage slash documentary. So Yeah, they kind of go mockumentary slash yeah. found footage. Yep. It is um, incredibly hard to get through because it's very, it's very well done. Yeah. And the guy that they get to play, the Jim Jones guy, is so convincing he and is. so believable. But like we had mentioned on the Discord, I think the, the worst part was obviously at the end when he convinces them to to drink the drink and and just the babies and the infants and you see the syringes come out. the whole jim jones story oh, it's just painful 2013 mystery thriller yeah it's like 100 minutes long or something like that it's really well done it's well done found footage reveals the events surrounding an investigative team's visit to a remote commune led by a dangerous fanatic who maintains an iron grip on his followers the basic premise is that he this guy goes there after his sister who has joined the cult and so another movie where we're going after the sister just like friday the 13th 2009 uh so he goes after the sister and with a film crew and that's where you get the found footage aspect to it it's a great one if you if you haven't seen it, it's it's horrific and it's well done. It's well acted. And it's a retelling basically of the Jim Jones story, just not using any of the names, which I'm sure they, I don't know, maybe they weren't allowed to do that or whatever. Because most Jim Jones movies, and I've seen several of them, aren't very good. And we did have a listener actually reach out and email us like, hey, you guys have talked about that Jim Jones series for a really long time. Like, could you get your shit together and do it? <laughs> they were much nicer about it but that's on me because jim jones is going to definitely be a series that i do and i believe that in the new year february march like we try to do true crime in the spring Mm -hmm. (laughs) we try to do a true crime series in the spring because we're trying to get through our ted bundy rewatch or rewatch yeah Mm, let's not rewatch ted bundy no re-listen to the series that we did back in the day because I'm editing it and I'm making it livable for us to listen to. And then we're, we're re 
connecting with it and adding some more stuff. We're going to continue on that in December and probably part of January. And so by the time we get through with that, I'm thinking Jim Jones is on the plate. But yeah, the sacrament's really good for that. Great. Yes. Excited for all that. I saw Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, which is the new offering for the Paranormal Activity franchise. Uh Uh-huh. 2021 mystery thriller horror. What I would say about this movie is that if you enjoyed the very first paranormal activity, this is a very different movie. Okay. Found footage, of course, just in the found footage conversation we're having. A documentary filmmaker follows Margot as she heads to a secluded Amish community in the hopes of meeting and learning about her long lost mother and extended family. And then of course, strangeness ensues. But so the basic premise is that they go to, they end up in an Amish community and that's where this found footage takes place. That's the, that's the setting. Here's my problem with it in general. I, I didn't like it very much. The, my, my overall, without getting into too much detail is that I very much liked the first paranormal activity movie. I, I thought did too. it was it's the only one I really liked. I thought it was genius. Yeah. I, I thought it deserved all of its, mm-hmm. you know, make it for $12 and make a bunch of money and become a filmmaker. Like lovely, the Blair Witch story, right? Like it's awesome because it was simple. Yeah. This no, no simple. Oh. This no simple. This like they tried to do 4,500 things. Every time I turn around, they were doing something else. I'm like, what? What are we doing now? What? What? I don't know. <laughs> it's too much. I, I wouldn't. I would say that if you love para, paranormal activity, you're going to, you know, you're going to watch this. You're going to like it. If you like found footage, you're going to watch it and, and like it. But it's definitely not a thing. It's not a thing. Uh, it's not a thing you're going to want to watch, honestly. So. Okay. That's okay. where we're at. Let's do a All little. Let's do some answers to our horror facts with cats, shall we? Number one. This classic horror film was originally slammed with an X rating. And when the MPAA gave it an R rating, parents believed that they were saying it was suitable for children. Remember our ratings in the 70s were suitable for kids? Yeah. Still doesn't help me. I have no idea. I have no idea. You want to take a guess? Uh, okay, so it's a 70s movie. And it originally was X. And then it went to R. Hmm. Was like the last house on the left. That's a really like that. good guess, but it was The Exorcist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, number two, Oren Pelly changed the ending of Paranormal Activity because which film director? <laughs> See how I did that? Yeah. <laughs> told, which which film director told him to? Only the most brilliant man alive. Oh, Steven Spielberg. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that tip because Kathy loves Steven Spielberg, so I knew <laughs> who it was. So sad. I don't get to talk to him, talk about him much on this show. <laughs> no. Uh, number three. Since 1958, the state of Illinois honors this food by having an annual blank day to celebrate. Hmm. Corn popcorn. Oh my god! Did I get it right? You did. <laughs> I have so much more respect for Illinois because they actually have an annual popcorn day. When is it? I don't know. Can we celebrate it? Sure. We can celebrate. I celebrate like every day. (laughs) I know you do. That's why I'm saying like more like four days. a week. Can we make a special day? Yeah. Let's look up the date. (laughs) I mean, I'm surprised you didn't. You're the one that needs to know about like the annual popcorn day. That's true. The doll Annabelle. From The Conjuring is based on a real life doll that looks very different. What is the name of this doll? The Raggedy Andy doll. Yes, mm-hmm. Raggedy Ann and Andy. Mm-hmm. There's a, a really good. Maybe we'll I'll, I'll talk about that story on uh, the mini cast or something. Okay, I'll write that down. Did you know that I have a Raggedy Andy? But you don't have that Raggedy Ann and Andy. Are you sure? They're pretty big and they're encased. Are you sure? <laughs> You better not. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I'm making a note to myself to put the Raggedy Ann and Andy in the studio, kids. Yeah, I'm going to write this over here. Okay, so, and then the last one, was that Tim Curry's real hair in it? No. Yeah. <laughs> I said no just because I knew it had to be yes. I mean, why would you ask me that question? 
<laughs> so it's his real hair. It is his real hair. Okay. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for terrorizing me with the questions, You're Aunt so Kathy. Welcome. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Stay tuned. Come back in the next couple of weeks. We are going to start the Nightmare on Elm Street series and go through that. Uh, sprinkled with, we're actually going to do an episode on sleep paralysis. And as part of that, we're all going to watch, meaning Kathy and I, a bunch of movies that have sleep paralysis representation in them and give you our feedback on what we think about that. And then we're going to do over the course of December a little bit, we're going to, of course, do some holiday shows, holiday horror, going to be watching a lot of that. We're going to be doing a whole other challenge in our Discord. So it's a good time to become a patron because we're going to do challenges and I always send out gifts, etc. And, and we're going to continue our re-listen of Bundy. So a lot coming up. We thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. 